One quick note about this episode that I just want to give a special shout out to uh, is I want to thank Ann Arbor for allowing us to use their song in this episode. It is called Amarillo from their album, The EP. So check it out. Thanks, guys. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Minnebroda Podcast, Episode 8, featuring Danny Stravers of Ann Arbor. He's an awesome guy. We had an awesome conversation with him about his music, his work, some conspiracy theories thrown in there. We had a good talk with him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, like Tony said, lead guitars for uh, Ann Arbor. Uh, he is fun to talk to. So uh, we will roll the tape now. Alright guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Minnebroda Podcast. Today we are joined by Danny Stravers, lead guitarist of the band Ann Arbor. Danny, how's it going? Good. Doing great. We're super excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. Glad to be here. So, uh, start you off with a, a softball here. What have you been doing to keep busy uh, during quarantine? Um, so... The first like week of quarantine was just super depressing and I was like, <laughs> you know, I was out of a out of my normal job and whatnot. So I was just straight up just binging TV shows and shit <laughs> and it was super sad. But then I was like, all right, I got to find a way to make my life a little more interesting. So I started <laughs> I I have a dog. He's actually right here. He's a husky timberwolf and so we run around and skateboard, so trying to exercise and shit. And, uh, and then we were lucky enough to have this company lent us uh, some equipment to do some streaming. That's so cool. Slade and I have been doing weekly streams, and uh, I started even streaming some video games on Twitch <laughs> and shit. So. Awesome. Nice. Staying busy. So, yeah. what's, uh, what's the pup's name? His name's Obi. Obi-Wan. Uh -huh. you know, Star like Wars, yeah. I just call him Obi for the most part. He's like under my desk right now. It's his cave. Very nice, very nice. I've been uh, keeping busy. We, my wife and I, got a, a puppy mid March, so he's uh, been keeping us very busy. <laughs> oh yeah, what kind of dog is it? Uh, Bernie's Mountain Dog. Oh nice, Dude, yeah. Those things are beautiful. Yeah, he's gonna be a, a big boy. He's only. He's only like 25-ish pounds right now, but he's going to get up to about 100, so he'll be big. Has anything terrible happened yet as um, far as destruction? So or... as, as far as destruction, <laughs> no, um, but currently he has a bladder infection, and so Poor he's kind of like peeing everywhere. He just can't control it, and <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for him, but yeah. we'll get through. It's pretty nasty. <laughs> better him than you i guess exactly you know? <laughs> exactly it's better now that he's not 100 pounds too and has a lot less pee inside of him oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. true for that sure. for sure so where are you uh camped out you in arizona or yeah i i live in scottsdale arizona which okay. is a city that's just a little bit east of phoenix mm -hmm. um it's actually known as the most vain city in america why so that? pretty interesting it's just very uh like old town scottsdale the, the part that i live in is mm -hmm. where a lot of the like nightlife centers around so okay. all the nightclubs and stuff like that are all here 
so you have a lot of very uh superficial people with uh you yeah. know plastic in their face and <laughs> all those kind of things but uh but i like it it's it's i've been here for a while and uh it's nice it's just starting to get hot out as yeah. of like these past few days which sucks but <laughs> yeah i was down there two years ago um i was at the bear jackson car auction so um, yeah it was it was really I sweet. actually i actually did some of the work on the lighting setup for really? the main auction yeah yeah really? um so outside of the band, my normal job is I do uh, lighting and, and sound production for a nightclub here in Scottsdale. And, uh, and so a buddy of mine that taught me everything I know about lighting, he was like the head of all of the lighting for uh, Barrett Jackson. So I got to work there for like a week doing crazy lighting setup with giant trusses and i had to go up on a lift like 60 feet in the air which reminded me i'm terrified of heights i am (laughs) and it was super scary but yeah it was cool dude so many crazy cars there oh it's after a while i mean it's like here's another car like like all the cars there like have some well not all but 99% 99% of the cars have some substantial value or, or for some reason. And after a while, it's just like, wow, here is Justin Bieber's car. Who cares at this point? Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to go there. Yeah. So, uh, take us to the beginning of Ann Arbor. You guys started like way back in high school, right? So, um, I haven't been in the band since it's, formation i joined back in uh i think it was 2016 or so mm-hmm. but like i've known slade and the guys since i was like 13 or so yeah. That's 13 cool. or 14 so like when i was in middle school because slade and i went to the same high school but in middle school uh like my brother had a band and back then ann arbor was called troop 101 mm-hmm. and the first show I ever saw them at was at a church by our high school. <laughs> and it was like a battle of the bands night or whatever. And my brother's band was playing there. And that's how I found out about them. And then, uh, you know, and then they had become Ann Arbor. And my freshman year of high school, Slade and I had cooking class together. <laughs> and we were in the same little kitchen. So, like, that's how I started to get to know him and stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, years later, about, you know, up to 2016 or whatever, they hit up my brother looking for somebody to, you know, play guitar for a tour. And they were like, yeah, dude, hit up my brother. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally down. Let's do it. And it was just funny because, you know, back in cooking class, we never would have thought we'd be here now. And now, you know, Slate and I are pretty much best friends. So. That's awesome. That is awesome. So did you start uh, playing guitar then in high school, or was it since you were real little, or when did you start playing? I started playing when I was like 12, I think. I started playing. Uh, Yeah, and then it wasn't until – I mean, I I picked it up pretty quickly, and I I wanted to be really good at it. And then in high school, I started to take it a little more seriously, and then – I went to college and I played, but like it wasn't, it wasn't in my main headspace to be like, 
this is what I'm going to do. This is what, sure. you know, I thought I, I had struggled for a long time to really find anybody to jam with, to make music with. Like it was mm-hmm. hard enough to find people that were good at their instruments enough, but then beyond that to even find people that want to kind of play the same style of music. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I had, you know, I had dabbled in some other projects and had some other bands and then when this came along, I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to definitely gonna do this tour and see what happens. And it just turned out to be such a good fit. And we all started writing and all that stuff together. So, so, so uh, here we are today. Yeah. That's awesome. How many uh, records have you produced with Ann Arbor then, like actually writing and recording them? So I actually, so I joined the band just after the 2016 uh, self-titled record mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. So uh, I had like learned all that music for the tour, and when we came back, it might have been like a year after that is when we did the the EP is what it's titled, mm-hmm. um, which has MIA, Amarillo, and Sassy on it. Yeah. So I I was there for all those. I, uh, you know, me and Slade wrote the majority of those those tracks and i really started taking learning stuff in logic a lot more seriously that way we could make some like really good demos that way when we take it to the studio we're not just trying to write a song as quick as we can Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah same with like this upcoming tangerine ep you know were songs that we were pretty prepped on for the most part so yeah so how how involved are you um like when creating the record, how involved are you in the writing aspect, whether it's lyrics or uh, guitar or, or how, like how much involved are you? So, um, so yeah, I would say like it's, it's pretty much me and Slade do it together to where like, you know, I'll, I'll produce a bunch of stuff on my own where I just write guitar riffs and, maybe I have like a song pieced out instrumentally mm-hmm. um, and then him and I get together and we work on melodies and lyrics and all that. And it's pretty like, it's just, we just go back and forth. Like that's mm-hmm. my thing about writing music. And I, and I've definitely evolved as we went along and wrote a ton more demos where we figured out what works best for us for writing music. Cause in the beginning I would kind of write too much music and have all the guitar parts there and then it was hard to find space for vocals Mm -hmm. and you know vocals are somewhat the most important (laughs) so we kind of we kind of like reevaluated our songwriting process to where we kind of start with a guitar riff or some chords and come up with our melody for the most part and then maybe we'll just throw in some bullshit words and uh and then write a song around it and then once we go into the studio with our producer matt keller is when we kind of really relook at all the words and and melodies and try out a couple little different things here and there yeah and uh and you know come up with something new but yeah it's definitely it's definitely changed to where we focus on the melodies and the lyrics um earlier on I was just gonna say because I've always wondered, as someone who obviously is not involved in in any form of <laughs> songwriting, like what does come first? Is it lyrics or 
you know, guitar, or bass, piano, keys, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's interesting to hear uh, Insider's take on that. Yeah, it's 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 really different too because like, you know, from my background and also Slade and, and the rest of the dudes, like all their background comes from like being a garage band, you know, mm-hmm. because when we were when we were kids, we didn't have like it wasn't it wasn't like you could just have a laptop and get some recording software and boom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of just got together and all hung out and jammed and came up with things you thought were cool. Sure. So that often would start, you know, with music and, uh, and, you know, a couple, I think like towards the end of 2018, we went out to LA to do some writing sessions and the way they do writing sessions in LA at least is so much different to where like I'll record a guitar riff or like four chords mm-hmm. and then they just loop it and they're like, all right, let's write the entire song vocally and then it's done. Interesting. And they're like, okay, it's done. Now that's the song written and you can take that to your producer and do whatever. So that definitely opened our eyes too as far as like writing pop, I guess. Sure. So. Makes sense. Do you like that kind of like form of writing or do you prefer doing something else? Um, honestly, I whatever whatever works like it's Mm -hmm. always different depending on who you're working with um but i i didn't hate it i thought it was like it blew me away at first i was like is this really like what we're this really how we do this and then out of one of those sessions came to be what is like the best song i've ever written Mm -hmm. um it's a it's a song like all the other dudes had to leave but I was still staying in LA for a few days. So I did a writing session with a couple people by myself and ended up writing the best song I think I've ever written. And that's going to be, it's like going to be the single on our full length record that we're going to start recording in, I believe June. Awesome. That's really cool. So how many songs are going to be on Tangerine then? Like five ish. Uh, there's, there's three songs on Tangerine. Um, and then, and later this year, hopefully, we'll be able to get out a full-length record. Mm-hmm. Has that process been delayed at all because of the corona pandemic or no? Um, it, honestly, like, so initially we were thinking of, we had wanted to do a whole record. This is like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had had some issues with our management. So we just kind of canceled the plans on everything. And we were like, let's kind of take some time off and and figure out what we want to do and how we're going to attack this the best way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one or, yeah, one or two of those songs that, you know, were going to be part of this, that record, we ended up just going like, Hey, why don't we just fucking throw three songs out there so that we can have something to satiate people and get something out and kind of, let everybody know that we're coming back and we're doing things. And that's kind of how this Tangerine EP Mm -hmm. came to be. And honestly, I think the whole quarantine thing may have made us move quicker on it. Really? Just because we were like, like we, we had the plan to get the EP done and we went into the studio and finished all of it. And then like, honestly, a few days after that, they were like, Hey, lockdown. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Good thing we got that done. 
and uh and so then you know we're sitting around going well like everybody's stuck at home everybody's you know on their phone on their computers all day so maybe we should just get some stuff out as soon as we can mm -hmm. so we just kind of hopped on the ball and we have uh some new managers we're working with that have been really helpful with that so so yeah we're hoping to get that out as soon as we can next month it's awesome that's cool how does uh, Tangerine going to sound compared to other Ann Arbor works? Is it a lot like MIA and Sassy and all that, or is it different? Um, I would say, like, yeah, it, it does have some elements that are relatable to the last EP. Mm -hmm. um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's also got a few sounds in it that kind of are reminiscent of the older Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really cool because there are three songs that are like, they're so different from each other, but at the same time, they all connect really well mm -hmm. and they kind of represent their own little piece. And I think it works out a lot better that it became an EP instead of part of a record because yeah. the three songs really are their own thing. That's really um, cool. But yeah, so I don't know. I think you can definitely expect a little bit of that like, I don't know what's maybe like rowdiness aspect of older Ann Arbor mm -hmm. and then but also there's yeah there's it's produced by Matt Keller who did our last EP and the self-titled Arbor record from 2016 mm -hmm. so you'll hear some sounds that uh remind you of that vibe too that's awesome that's got me excited yeah <laughs> so you guys be going on tour then once the uh, full record comes out um i mean it's it's hard to say now that's probably the most frequent question we get and uh <laughs> it's like we have no idea because yeah. nobody knows what's happening in the industry we had a call with our booking agent the other day and you know everything's so jumbled up because things that were planned for the fall like they may or may not still be there and they, or they might get pushed but yeah. then again it's like things that ha were supposed to be happening this summer are being pushed to fall oh. and everything's kind of getting messed up so yeah. we had originally had plans to go to europe and the uk in uh in june and july that's what we were supposed to be doing and that's obviously all canceled oh, um so yeah we were we were even going to be playing at glastonbury which is Ooh, like uh, oh, the uk's awesome. biggest festival so that's all scratched and you know that's we're trying funny. we're trying to get it planned for 2021 yeah. but yeah for now we're not totally sure um once things do kind of get back to normal i think what you can expect from us touring wise is probably like a small a small west coast tour and a small east coast tour something mm -hmm. like that like a couple 10 day runs or something but yeah. i don't think i don't think we're going to be doing any insane touring right off the bat mm -hmm. so you should uh throw a minneapolis show into there get out to uh Minnesota. yeah maybe we can i'll <laughs> <laughs> just come see you guys that. yeah for sure so uh going back a little uh, higher level earlier talking about quarantine um Earlier you mentioned watching TV shows. I gotta ask, have you watched Tiger King? No, I haven't yet, dude. Oh. It like, it's one of those things where I, 
like in this whole quarantine like uh-huh. i i have a i have a roommate and he him and i watch we'll watch movies and stuff together sure. or like funny shows like curb your enthusiasm okay. um but like documentaries are something that i'm way more inclined to watch with my girlfriend and okay. she's quarantined in la right now Ooh, so i'm holding off on it but like I feel like I want to watch it, but I feel like I need to watch it with somebody where we can laugh at it yeah. together, you know, because I've heard some things about it and it sounds pretty goddamn insane. It, it is. But I it's just, nuts. I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, They have, uh, this might be helpful. They have on uh, Google Chrome, there's an extension called Netflix Party where like you and someone else can watch like the same show and it like syncs it up and then you can like chat on the side about what you're watching no way okay yeah i might just, have to do that then. just just maybe a recommendation it is like unbelievable <laughs> it's called netflix party yep i'm gonna write that down dude that that might even be a cool thing to do is it can you do it with just one person or is it like um, multiple- i don't know i've only ever done it with one person but you might be able to do it with multiple people i'm not sure yeah yeah because if you can do it with multiple people, that might be a cool thing to do, like get all the fans in to watch something goofy. Oh, yeah. That'd, yeah, be, that'd, cool. be, sweet. that'd be dope. <clears throat> the um, You got any good uh, movie recommendations then, uh, streaming-wise or otherwise? Um, last night, uh, my roommate and I watched Knives Out, and oh, that I movie was that. amazing. That's a really that good movie. movie. Was, that movie was kick-ass. Um, and then the other day, uh, I had this, like, I was up all night for some reason, and I just went on this, like, Tom Cruise binge. Because, <laughs> like, I've, I've, been, I've been back into my, like, watching movies about aliens and shit. So I watched, uh, I watched Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. That movie was badass. And then I watched Oblivion, which is another alien movie with Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then I watched War of the Worlds, which is more, just more. I don't know. It's all aliens? It happened. Yeah. Did you get uh, Independence Day in there? Yeah, see? It's my okay, there favorite you know, that's alien what, movie of all time. That's what I need to add in next. Have, uh, but, uh, so do you believe in aliens? Um, I mean... I don't know if I believe in like the sense of like them visiting us and whatnot, but I mean, I have, I honestly have no idea. I can't, it's something where I'm like, you know, I don't know enough to, to really say anything. I do think there's definitely life on other planets out there. Right. You know, I think, I think, yeah, I have no idea what their intelligence is, but just, Knowing that there's yeah. like millions and millions of galaxies, there's no way that there's not some other form of life yeah. out there. Oh, for sure, definitely. And I mean, I do. When I watched, uh, what was it uh, Bob Lazar? There was like a documentary on this dude Bob Lazar who uh, worked at not area 51 but i think it's area 62 or something is what it actually what the act place is yeah and he was like a propulsion physicist and he allegedly worked on 
alien spacecraft trying to uh, reverse engineer their propulsion systems. And like, you know, he was doing that job and then he quit or whatever. And the government just like fucked his life up. And really? I, he, he did a whole interview with Joe Rogan like earlier this year or late last year. And that like blew my mind where I was like, Oh, it's like, it's, it's hard to just say that he's completely full of shit, but who right. knows? I, it's hard. Cause like, it's one of those things where I want to believe it's true. So, yeah. so I'm easier to buy into it, but yeah. yeah. When I was like 13, I was like huge into conspiracy theories. And I think I know that guy. I think I've watched like three shows. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's uh, he's def- it's definitely worth watching just to see everything he says and like the way he talks about it and and like it ruined his life that, that he talked about it. Like yeah. he doesn't, he has nothing to gain out of it. Right. So that's why it's really interesting. Is like, you know, who's and the... and basically, I was, oh, go just, ahead. I was just gonna say, who's the other guy that uh, Joe Rogan interviewed a couple times, Alex? something jones yeah the info wars the crazy yeah. dude yeah <laughs> he's funny he's crazy i remember listening to the, his last recording that was like four hours long with joe and it was he's crazy but it's it's interesting to hear his ideas well he did that thing where he yeah. like snuck into that weird like hollywood elite cult like party thing out in the woods in california and the videos he got from that if they're real they were pretty messed up there was some weird Alex stuff jones going on. videos yeah yeah like, yeah some weird i haven't i need to look i need to look into those ones but yeah, yeah like in in like my college years i was super into conspiracy theory stuff and like and then i just kind of fell off of it and <laughs> like it still interests me like i still like to hear what everyone has to say right and then kind of form my own opinion about it right. but uh i agree i think it's super interesting like I mean, some of these people I think are way out there, but like just hearing like the thoughts that they think of or the ideas that they come up with is super interesting. Yeah, whether or not you believe it, it's, right? It's interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always been, you know, I think you should get all the information you can and right. form your own opinion. And you know, that's what they teach you when you're writing papers and shit in mm-hmm. school. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the point of. Coming up with your own thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. Did you go to school for things music related or like lighting? No, I did not. It? I went to I went to school for mechanical engineering. Huh. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, and it like it's something I was pretty good at, but I also never wanted to do it. Yeah. Once, <laughs> one, like once I once I really got to the point where I saw what the jobs really looked like and stuff, and I was just like. I like I'm not passionate about it mm-hmm. like I had I had some friends that also went in for that degree and they went on and got their masters and all that and they worked for like Intel and uh, and that's great for them because that's like their world you know is is all things revolving tech right and for me that just isn't the case so yeah I kind of told myself like I need to especially once this whole Ann Arbor thing came through, I was like, I need to really devote my life to music. And if that doesn't pan out, 
when I'm older, then I'll, you know, I'll figure something else out. Sure. But I can't wait. I can't wait till I'm 40. Oh, hey, I want to be in a band. Like that's right. not gonna. I don't think that's gonna work out. So. So so did you? You graduated then with a the mechanical engineering degree. Uh yeah. Nice. And then how long after that did you join Ann Arbor? Uh. Let's see, like two years. Two uh, year which and a half, two that? years after that. In between that, I just I was just working at a. Um, I was doing lighting and sound production oh. for uh, this nightclub, nice. and like I did some DJing here and there, and like all sorts of other acoustic gigs and whatnot, some bartending. And you said you've been in Phoenix area your whole life. Yes. Yeah. My my parents are from New York and then they moved here and I've just been here ever since. So, and so then how did you, uh, how do you deal with the Phoenix heat in the summer? Um, you just fucking suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> that's really all there is to do. Like I, yeah, that's the thing I hate the most about living here. And it's funny cause there's a lot of people here that are like, Oh, I love it. And I'm like, right. you love 115 degrees, you're out of your mind. Right. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it sucks, dude. And it's like, it especially sucks if you're stuck, like driving a car with no AC. That's happened right. to me some summers. Oof. And um, yeah, I don't know. You just got to hydrate a lot. <laughs> most people here, most houses here have swimming pools. We have one. So that that's a big help um it's kind of like being here in minnesota like you're on the opposite like everyone's like oh how do you deal with winter it's like you put more clothes on you how do you deal with how do you deal with hot summers you get in the the pool (laughs) yeah 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 exactly that's you just you You do whatever you have to do (laughs) but i will say that from living in Arizona, it's made me a professional at parking in the shade. Yeah. <laughs> like I am so good at finding shaded spots to park in because I there's nothing worse than getting into a super hot car. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, and like it drives me insane when I'm with people when somebody else is driving and I'm like, dude, just park like if we park a little bit farther, we only have to walk an extra 20, 30 steps. And we won't have to deal with a blazing hot car. That's funny. Have you, know? you guys played any shows down there that have been like unbearably hot? Um, not here. I don't think we've. Yeah, I don't think we've ever really played any shows here in the summer, or like that's out or outdoors or anything Outside. when it's super so- hot out. But we did play one show in, uh, I'm pretty sure it was St. Louis one summer, where like we got to the venue and the venue, it was one of those venues where it was, a, they had two venues. There was like a bigger one and a smaller one. Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, they had us playing in the bigger one and the AC was out in there. Ooh. And like St. Louis in the summer, all that nasty humidity right, which is like here. that yeah that stuff is way worse than oh, here really sucks. because like here at least if you can find shade like you're okay 
but humidity or just you just want to kill yourself no matter where you're standing and yeah that show I that show was like I remember a point towards the end of the set where I was like dude do we really have three more songs like I'm gonna <laughs> pass out right now and yeah but uh, What's, uh... About it. That sounds brutal. What's um what's the biggest venue you've played at? The biggest venue I've played at, uh I think for me personally, uh was uh probably the Marquee Theater here in, in Tempe, Arizona. Okay. It's near the Arizona State University. Okay. It's like a two thousand cap room or whatever. A few years ago we did a we did a show where it was us, Ann Arbor, and my brother's band, Catastro. So we did a like a co-headlining show there and had some other local bands opening up, and we pretty much packed that place out. That was a really fun show. That's There's cool. actually really cool. our, our music video for Can't Help It on like YouTube and everything. It has clips from that show yeah. um, in the music video. That one was super fun. Glastonbury would have been pretty big. That would have, yeah, that's like, I mean, I I still think we would have been on like a smaller stage, but there's a good like two, 250,000 people that go to that, Mm -hmm. that event. So that that would have been unreal, but hopefully, hopefully we can do it next year. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be sweet. Do you have any uh, like, specific concerts that you remember as being like the best or the craziest or anything um let me uh let me see that's the craziest i mean new york is always super fun the last time last couple times we played i think we played at this place called the knitting factory in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and they always come out hard for us in new york city and it always it always ends up being like one of the first few shows of the tour, mm-hmm. so it's it's like really have like maybe two shows before that, so we're getting into the groove of it. And by the time we hit New York, we have like we're really in in the moment and everything, and and people just come out really hard, and it's super fun for me too because like my family, all my family's from New York, mm-hmm. so like. Anytime I get to go back there, it feels like uh, it feels like a second home in a way. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. Does uh, this is probably a dumb question, but uh, do you is there ever a scenario like where you guys are in the middle of a set um, or any sort of concert and you'll shift like game plans and change up the set at all, or is it always you're sticking to plan once things are rolling? Um, so the way that we design our sets, like we design blocks where it's like, like these three songs will be played together, you know, like it'll be this, this, and this. Sure. And we'll do that because we'll write little like transitions for them. That makes sense. Or, you know, some sort of musical way to transition in between songs. That way it kind of keeps it going. Because I never, and I think that's something newer to from when I joined the band, that was kind of something I pushed when, when I joined, I was like, let's try to string together as many things as we can because no one wants to see a band just go, 
all right, this song's called blah, blah, blah. Play the song and then stop and then go, this next song's called, you know, like that's kind of, it's just kind of a boring thing. And of course there are moments for that. So that's why we like to, you know, come out hot with our opener and then have a string of three songs and then take Mm -hmm. a break to talk to the audience and whatnot and then repeat that that format so sometimes sometimes we'll change up where those blocks go Mm -hmm. um but also you know there's sometimes on the night or you know how everything's going we might just like kind of last minute cut a song or or we might you know have an encore if that's we usually don't like to do encores we usually just like to let them know like hey this is it we're not coming back out <laughs> but like Why in that, that case sometimes we'll add a song um i i don't know it's just not our <laughs> it's just some like it's uncomfortable in a way of like play your last song and then you sit in the green room and it's like what if there's not enough people asking for an encore <laughs> you know like sure. You know, you don't want some people to leave right. and then you come back out. Like I've seen that happen at some other shows. Like there's a, the, the venue that I work at actually just before the whole quarantine, there was this band that did, um, we had this massive show and they were like, went, and, you know, thank you. Good night. And they get off stage and like half of the people left <laughs> like straight up. And I'm, t- this is like, you know, I don't know six seven hundred people and just like half of the room was just like all right we're out of here <laughs> and wow. then like you know they waited oh. five minutes or something and then came back out for an encore and i was like i was like damn all those people just missed those last like three songs or whatever they played right. an encore. but uh yeah that'd be that'd be rough yeah i don't know like in, in a way bigger setting if it was like some super sold out crazy show where it's we're headlining and all that we might do it but sure that makes sense what do you think is your uh favorite song to play live Ooh, yeah i get that question a lot um it's weird because there's some songs that like are super fun for me to play the guitar on. Mm-hmm. And then there's some songs that are just super fun to be performed live as a whole. Yeah. Like through, through the night off of the self-titled record. Mm-hmm. I love that song so much. That's such a good song. And uh, when we play it live, it's probably one of the easiest songs for me. Like yeah. I barely do anything. And it's but it's so much fun because i just love the drum beat and the whole vibe of it mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i'd that would be one of them but uh i think sassy might be my favorite sassy just because like it's a song i wrote and it's just such a fun guitar part to play yeah. and uh yeah i don't know it's just got a good vibe it's fun to play live it's still it's a good song you got any other questions, Ryan? Not, not that I can think of. No. Well, then I think that will do it for us. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Danny. All right. We will drop. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we'll drop your socials and the band socials in the description below on this episode. Uh, check out Tangerine coming out May twentieth. Is that right? Uh, there's not an official date yet. 
but uh, for the, for the EP probably though. around mid-May. Oh, yeah, we don't date? have an official date yet, but next week we'll be announcing what day everything's coming out. Sweet. Well, so stay tuned. Just and keep your eyes open. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. It's going to be good. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today, Danny. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, super nice, genuine guy. So, uh, thank you. We will be rolling a quick break here, and then Tony and I will be back to wrap it up. Big shout out to Danny from Ann Arbor. Check out uh, their socials, his socials down in the description. And make sure to watch out for Tangerine coming mid-May. Yeah, once again, thank you, Danny. Really loved having you on the show. Like Ryan said, watch out for Tangerine coming out here soon in May in the full album. Hopefully coming out soon, too. Go check out their other stuff, too. They're an awesome band. I've been a big fan for a while. So, uh... Thank you guys for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes.